Thank you, Brenda, for sharing those um, gifts with us, and we can continue to share those gifts with others around us. Let me just give you a little bit of a recap of where we've been in our Advent conspiracy uh, this Advent season. We started our series off with talking about how we are invited to worship fully. And we looked at how some of the characters around the nativity are worshiping and, and their response to what God has done and what God is doing in taking on flesh and coming in among us. And we looked at how Mary uh, writes this song of, of worship and praise of glorifying God when she receives the news that she's to give birth. Um, Elizabeth gives worship. Joseph worships. The shepherds, they come and they worship after they've heard the news from the angels. When the wise men finally come, they bow down and they worship. It's interesting to me, though, that none of those folks stays there. The shepherds come, they bow down, they worship, and then they go and spread the good news. The wise men, they will come and they will bow down and they will worship and they will leave a different way than they came, both physically but I think also spiritually, emotionally. They leave very different than how they came. And so we are invited in this season to continue to worship fully. Our second Sunday of Advent, we talked about spending less. When Mary worshipped God, uh, she worshipped a God that brought mercy and, and justice to uh, the downtrodden, to those that had been left out. And there were lots of people getting left out of power, of wealth in the time of Jesus, in our time. And so if we worship a God of mercy and justice, we are called to live lives formed around the one that we worship, and thus we are called to live lives of mercy and justice as well. And one way we might start to do that is by looking at how we spend money in celebration of a God who is born amongst animals in a feed trough and celebrated by outcast shepherds. And so we talked about spending less or spending differently and thinking about how our money uh, can bless others. Last week we talked about giving more because giving is central to Christmas. Not in the over-commercialized uh, materialistic way, but as a reflection of God who becomes incarnate and gives of God's self in order to bring kingdom life to rescue us from sin and freedom from the powers. All of that then moves us towards this morning, which is love all, as a reflection of the love that we have been shown. How do we in exchange, or how do we in return go and love those around us? As we look at this, that this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for this beautiful morning the opportunity to come and to worship together, to open up scripture and to learn. Um, I pray that you would continue to challenge us that as a result of our worship, we may live differently. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, consistently throughout scripture, it's not just 
the words that we say that matter. Words do matter, but words are, uh, alone are not enough to express our faith, to express our love. What comes with that is action, how we live. The Hebrew prophets had some pretty harsh things to say to uh, the people of God, to the children of Israel in the Old Testament when their worship didn't match up with their living. There were times in the Old Testament where uh, their worship had turned completely idolatrous. They were worshiping foreign idols. They were bowing down to gods of other nations, and, and it was just entirely idolatrous. But there's also some times in the Old Testament where they are going through the motions in the right way. They're saying the right words. They're singing the right songs. But it's not impacting the way they live. The beginning of uh, Isaiah. Isaiah confronts uh, this, this worship that has turned idolatrous uh, because they aren't caring about the poor. They aren't caring about the outcasts around them. They aren't dealing justly with one another. They're forgetting people. They're leaving people left out. And Isaiah says, God's tired of you going through the motions of worship when it doesn't impact the way you live. It's a reminder that we can sing hymns the, the right way or we can take offering the right way or we can sing contemporary songs the right way, whatever that is. But if it doesn't impact the way we live, I'm going to suggest it's not true worship. In our text from Matthew, Jesus is um, approached by uh, the Pharisees and asked to boil all the laws, uh, all you know, 600 plus laws of the Old Testament, all the ways of being faithful to God. They asked Jesus to boil it down to one thing. And I love that Jesus never does exactly what he's asked to do. He says, I'll give you two for one. How about that? He says, love God and love others. In John's version of the gospel, uh, John chapter 13, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Last week, we read from John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How could we ever hope to repay that kind of gift from God? You can't. It's not what a gift is about. Come uh, Christmas morning, if you give gifts to your family, you're not expecting to be repaid for the gift. Instead, the consistent message of Scripture is that you have been blessed, you have been shown grace, you have been shown mercy, you have been shown justice, you have seen God's love, and now you are called to share that blessing with others. Now you are to go and show grace and mercy and justice to others. Now go and love others. And I think love includes 
uh, a mixture of, of grace and truth. And sometimes you need some more grace, and sometimes there's more truth needed. Jesus brought good news to everyone. Jesus first shows up in a somewhat unexpected place and in an unexpected way. Sometimes the good news comes to us in ways that we don't expect. And usually, the good news sounds countercultural. And so we've been talking about some of that uh, this Advent season with spending less, spending differently, how we give more. It's not just giving stuff, it's giving ourselves, which is more costly, more uh, of an investment from ourselves. But the good news to the rich that Jesus proclaimed, Jesus warned about the dangers of getting sucked into accumulating wealth. In fact, at different places, Jesus says, woe to you who are rich. Uh, to a, a rich young man, Jesus says, go sell all you have and give to the poor. Elsewhere, he says, don't store up treasures on earth. See, I think the good news for those that were rich, that were caught up in these cycles of accumulation, Jesus says that he, not your money, is king. And you don't have to be slaves to corrupt economic markets. You're invited to become part of a, a family of believers that can help unburden you of your attachment to mammon, to wealth. But at the same time, to the poor, Jesus says that he, not other people's money or power, is king. You don't have to be slaves to cycles of poverty and corrupt economic markets, and you're invited to become a part of a family believers that has folks with financial resources and other resources, and they need help in knowing what to do with those resources. But you know, one Advent conspiracy, one time through talking about worship fully, spend less, give more, love all, isn't going to fix everything. We're not, it's not going to suddenly make us all uh, loving people. It's not going to suddenly change everything in our community. It's not going to suddenly change everything in our world. It's not going to suddenly change everything for you or for others. One time through, one time of focusing on these things isn't going to suddenly change everything. Last week, we talked about the God who goes out and gives of God's self. God moves close to those in crisis. That means all of us, all humanity. And so it's not enough to just go through this uh, series one time, to talk about it one time, but to think about how does that impact our life going forward. How might we move closer to those in crisis? As God moved close to us, how might we come closer to those in crisis? Maybe the hidden poor of Hershey. People struggling with mental illness. Others who haven't heard how Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is bringing God's love to those who have been separated from God. How might we move closer to those in crisis. 
I don't know if you've been uh, reading through the, the Advent devotional that, that we had uh, down in the gathering area written by Frank Ramirez. But uh, in this last week, I think it was, there's a story that he shares of a young person at National Youth Conference who found out near the end of the conference that their home had been burned down and they had lost everything. The family had lost everything. And the youth at National Youth Conference uh, took the money that they were getting back from their housing deposit that they were able to you know, either spend or buy a video, wrap-up video, or donate to something. They were taking their, their refunds and pooling them. They gave them to this family that had just lost everything. I love how Frank tells the end of the story. He says that he then went to National Older Adult Conference, they call it NOAC, and told the elders of the Church of the Brethren, this is your fault. That they had created an atmosphere where giving, serving, and loving is the, the normal way of things. That this is just what we do as followers of Jesus. We care for one another. We love one another. And in this moment, that meant pooling uh, these, these resources to bless this family. You know, over our Advent conspiracy here at Spring Creek, we've had a, a number of opportunities to bless those around us. There were families at Brethren Housing Association that will receive a, a Christmas meal and will have even more to celebrate and praise God for on Christmas morning because of donations that you brought in. Thank you. Over $600 was raised towards a roof for the parsonage that continues to bless people going through very hard times with loved ones who are receiving medical care. Continuing to show God's love. Christmas Eve, we'll have an opportunity to uh, give towards Brethren Disaster Ministries. An offering that goes to help people who are impacted by natural disasters. And often those that are most impacted by these natural disasters are folks that are uh, living in low-income neighborhoods. They may not have the um, homeowner's insurance. They may not have... Uh, some of the resources that others do. But beyond Advent, there's a group from Spring Creek traveling this winter to uh, Brethren Disaster Ministries trip. Not just money being sent, but an action. An opportunity to share God's love with people in person. And those folks need a ride to the airport, so if you can provide that, that would be wonderful. It's made it normal for our young people to go on work camps. This year we actually had to raise the budget to help more of our young people go on work camps. In fact, the Church of the Brethren has to work with Michelle to come up with our own work camp because we've got so many kids going. You've made it a normal thing to serve to share, to love in action. We have further opportunities in Friends Who Furnish, Unite Youth. Uh, this past year we had to adopt an apartment for Brethren Housing Association. 
Bible school. I hope that we can continue to foster a culture where we reach out to those around us with the love of Christ. And you don't need a program to do that. To love those around you. To come closer to those in crisis around you. There's a Christian uh, activist, writer, follower of Jesus who's working uh, among the poor and with women and children coming out of sex, the sex industry in a number of countries. His name is uh, Chris Hertz. This morning I want to show you just a brief video of Chris talking about what it means uh, for him and his uh, community to come close to those in crisis. I want you to hear this story about being open to those in crisis and being willing to show love. Let's watch together. Advent is a uh, real special time for our community. Um, and, there's, and there's something that we sort of remember every year about this time that has to do with a little boy and a little girl that came into our lives and sort of changed who we've become. They had lived in a slum that um, was burned to the ground and as, as this fire sort of raised through the entire community, everything was lost, everyone was displaced. And as all the, the families sort of split from the neighborhood and, and had nowhere else to go, um, these two children, the six-year-old boy and this four-year-old girl were, were left on a train platform and that's where they lived, that's where they begged. Um, they spent their days on trash heaps, right? Picking through the garbage, looking for something to eat, looking for something to salvage, looking for something to recycle or something to sell. And as they uh, couldn't make ends meet, as, as children, as little, little kids who'd already lost everything, including their folks, somebody found this, this uh, brother and sister and brought them to our children's home. It was, it was just the week of, of Christmas. And, and, and sort of the irony and sort of the miracle and, and sort of the, the beautiful part of the story is that the little boy, his name was Joseph and the little girl's name was Mary. And for us, it's a huge reminder that even in the hustle and bustle of the holidays, even in sort of the rhythm and flow of, of all of our, our, our life's work and, and, and the demands of our vocation, um, we need to remain open, hospitable, present to the uh, unexpected arrival of, of Christ, the unexpected arrival of the Holy Family, the Mary and Joseph that, that are still looking for a place, a bed, uh, a hot meal and, 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 and people to call their own. And so for us, Advent is, is always a time of reflection. It's always a time of remembering. Um, it's always a time of, of looking for the unexpected guest and receiving the miracle of the season. As we continue in this, towards the celebration of God in the flesh, as we continue to have opportunities to worship fully, opportunities to spend less or spend differently, as we give more of ourselves, may our eyes, our hands, our hearts be open to those in crisis around us. And as we have been loved, as God has shown his love to us and we have experienced that love and we come to celebrate that love, Let's go out and love one another, love 
those around us. Jesus says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As we draw our worship to a close, I invite you to uh, turn in the brown hymnal.